0: Uh, no, we can't. Yeah.
1: We're meeting Herrick. It's all about go outside
0: and play. It, yeah, but not about reading. Do you want to read them, or do you just want to go outside and play?
1: In the spirit of the reading, we could go outside
0: and play. Um, not me, but go. Go a man if you need to. <laughs> it's up to you. Okay, you had your chance. Um. Well, I actually wanted to start with a with one more Johnson poem, um, but do you guys want to go straight to Herrick? Did you love him? I liked him um, a lot. But not that way. You respected him. I
1: kind of hung uh, up on
0: Julia, so I feel like that hit Julia's Julia the name of his mother, um, but, uh, sorry? That
1: makes it creepy. <laughs> no, um,
0: it, it, it doesn't. He doesn't mean his mother. He means he picked a name he likes. You know, John Lennon has that song, Julia. Um, Wait, okay. So there's no wife named
1: Julia? No. So like, that's really cute.
0: No, nope, no, no. Remember, there, remember he counts um, all those women? Um, so are they real? Are they um, idealizations? Are they composites? Um, no one knows. Um, but it, it's really, it's um, not the noble numbers, but the um, the first part of Hesperides. Is, um, it's really about about liking life. Um, OK, I just wanted to read you this one poem by Johnson, which I also regret it was not in here, um, but was by Johnson. Um, <laughs> unlike the other poem that was in there, but wasn't by Johnson. Um, this is a song of Johnson's uh, that was actually set to music. Maybe you know it, um, Suze. Um, it was set to music by Fernando Farabasco um, in a songbook. book. Um, but the poem is, so beauty on the waters stood when love had severed earth from flood. So when he parted air from fire, he did with concord all inspire. And then emotion, he them taught, that elder than himself was thought, which thought, was yet the child of earth. For love is elder than his birth. Um, so that just that line, even by itself, might be enough, for um, to have written in a lifetime. So beauty on the waters stood, um, but the whole thing is beautiful and uh, very mysterious. Um, And um, so I wanted you to hear it. Um, Okay, and you notice that um, in this selection, Herrick has two poems to Johnson, one um, when Johnson is alive and then one after his death. Um, So this is one of the things that makes him a son of Ben. there's, it, it's possible that Johnson is dead for both of them. Um, the date of these poems is unknown. Um, Herrick published them in 1648, when he was pretty much living in obscurity because he had been a supporter of the King in the English Civil War between King and Parliament. And um, par- the Parliament won. And um, the Cavaliers, who were, who were um, politically as well as aesthetically, more or less on the king's side, lost. And um, um, Herrick went and um, he was ordained. He was a priest. Um, he, he went and um, kept himself inconspicuous. But he did publish this book, um, the book Hesperides, which, has, which is in two parts. In the first part, it's all essentially um, this World poems, poems about um, enjoying life, um, enjoying, well, sex, enjoying the outdoors, um, and enjoying um, the moment. And then there's another set of which they're, which no one really reads. Um, but they're not bad. Um, but the other set is The Noble Numbers, um, which starts in this book on page 280. Um, and the first one is what the first one in this book is what God is, um, and then th- these are poems of thanksgiving and of distress. Some of them are I think are delightful too. That is um, particularly um, on page 283, another grace for a child, um, and that's basically a, um, a child can say that saying grace. Here's what a child could say: Here, a little child, I stand, heaving up my either hand. Cold as paddocks though they be, here I lift them up to thee for a benison to fall on our meat and on us all. Amen. Um, so you can think a little bit Tiny Tim there without the, without the weeping and the, and the um, huge gush of, of um, sentimentality. But it's a lovely little thing. Um, nevertheless. When people think Herrick, they don't think the Noble Numbers. They think um, the first part of the book, which are the mythological, life-delighting parts. And so he has those two prayers, or those two poems to Ben Johnson, his prayer to Ben Johnson on 274. When I a verse shall make, know I have prayed thee for old religion's sake, Saint Ben. To a- Actually, it's, I, I, I spaz that. When I a verse shall make, know I have prayed thee for old religion's sake, Saint Ben, to aid me. Make the way smooth for me when I, thy herrick, honoring thee on my knee, offer my lyric. So he's both blessed and cursed with a name that doesn't quite rhyme with lyric. Candles I'll give to thee, and new altar, and thou, Saint Ben, shalt be writ in my psalter. That is, um, in his book of Psalms, Uh, St. Ben is going to be the writer of those psalms, not only David, but Ben Johnson. And then a page later, there's an ode for him. Ah, Ben, say how or when shall we, thy guests, meet at those lyric feasts made at the sun, the dog, the triple ton. Um, So as the note tells you, those are all taverns, uh, famous London taverns. Um, Where we such clusters had as made us nobly wild, not mad. And yet each verse of thine outdid the meat, outdid the frolic wine. So clusters, there are clusters of grapes. Um, That is a way of describing um, something that might make you, might intoxicate you, if turned into wine. Um, But in this case, it's. the clusters, the metaphorical clusters of Johnson's wit and Johnson's verse. My Ben, or come again or send to us thy wit's great overplus, but teach us yet wisely to husband it, lest we that talent spend, and having once brought to an end that precious stock, the store of such a wit the world should have no more. So um, whatever is left over from Ben Johnson's wit after he dies, they want that, but they also want to husband it because this is, again, a very witty poem, Um, that they'll never be anyone like him again. So um, whatever he gives them, that's all they'll have, and it's worth having it all, but they have to be careful not to use it all up because they'll never get more like that. So those are two really great tips of the hat. Um, to Johnson and should also um, tell you something about the relation of the two and the extent to which Herrick is imitating and the extent to which um, he's drawing out and the extent to which he's finding an original space um, in contrast to, and the direct object of all that is Ben Johnson, Um, imitating, drawing out, finding some space in contrast to Ben Johnson. Um, he's doing all those things, um, enough so that I made, um, I ascribed last class to Johnson uh, a great poem of Herrick's, um, which, is, which I think we should start with. It's on page 266, The Hot Cart, or Harvest Home. And it's in the tradition that to Penshurst, which is the poem we looked at on Monday, um, inaugurates, and I already quoted um, the end of it for you, but it's, it's worth reading. Um, there, are, there are a bunch of poems that I want us to get to, so um, we're going to go unusually quickly today. Um, Come, sons of summer, by whose toil, we are the lords of wine and oil. Um, typical of Herrick, um, it's also, you're going to see something similar in Marvell. After vacation, Um, so the sons of summer come. Sons of summer, by whose toil we are the lords of wine and oil. Um, What does it mean to be the lords of wine and oil? It's a beautiful line, and it's worth. I said we'd go fast. We won't. It's worth pondering what makes it beautiful. Yeah.
1: It's. I mean, my impression of it
0: was that it's like very Greek. Yeah. OK, it's very Greek, wine and oil, um, absolutely. Um, uh-huh. Also, these are men who like work on a fine maybe they're the harvesters of the grapes and the olives. OK, so they're the harvesters of the grapes and the olives. There probably aren't olives, except to the extent that, th- that there's Greek mythology. Olives are Mediterranean and not um, English, um, but it's still there still is the sense of um, harvesting the kind of things that you would harvest in a mythological context. Um, Grapes do grow in England, but you don't hear much about English wine, but you hear some. Um, What does it mean to be the lords of wine and oil? Is that an overstatement? Is it just metaphor? Is it he had to fill out the line, so lords of wine and oil? Yeah. Yeah, but it does feel like it's stronger than that. In other words, um, the, you can't really call a steward a lord, um, and it, or if you do, that's what that is 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 a sort of snarky inversion. You know, it's an upstairs downstairs, or if you saw it, the um, uptown downstairs Abbey parody. Anyone see that? It's worth looking at. Just look for it on YouTube. It's a BBC did a wonderful parody of Downton Abbey full of the most amazing actors. Um, It's about 12 minutes long, two parts on YouTube. Um, They're pointing out that Downton Abbey is ripping off upstairs-downstairs. Simon Callow plays Julian Fellows in it, um, which is is pretty funny, speaking of Julias and Julians. As We Were, which returns us to Herrick. Um, Lords is a strong word. Um, Yeah.
1: It's available for us to enjoy in
0: abundance. Okay. It's available for us to enjoy in abundance. Um, sons of summer, that's also a kind of strong phrase. Yeah. Is it like work hard, play hard,
1: sort of?
0: Well, the whole thing is work hard, play hard. Um, but I think it's also something like um, you do, and Herrick is just amazingly good at this. Which is you do a kind of double step when you read a phrase like "lords of wine and oil," and the double step is "lords of wine and oil." That's not like being lord of the sea or lord of the manor or lord of England or the lord of life. Lord is a strong word, um, which gets oddly deflated by wine and oil. Um, it's like Caliban saying, "And I am the subjects, and I am all the subjects that you have that first was mine own king." Um, you can be maybe lord of your own household, um, but it's, um, it's, there's something that restricts. The lordly word gets restricted by the prepositional phrase lord of wine and oil that follows it, <coughs> except that the double step is, but really what more do you need than wine and oil? In other words, to be lord of wine and oil that's really pretty good, that's a good thing in life. There's not much more by way of um, pleasure in ownership, um, <coughs> without wanting ownership to sound like a bad word, but pleasure in lordship. There's not much more that you would want to be lord of. Everything else is just going to be responsibility and, um, and administrative um, um, busyness. But to be lords of wine and oil, <coughs> what else would you want from life? The way this will appear in Marvell is um, the mower says of the shepherds, um, who are the standard pastoral um, figures. Um, In Marvell, the figure who speaks his most beautiful poems or some of his most beautiful poems is a mower. He cuts grass. He doesn't take care of sheep. And unlike the shepherd, he therefore doesn't shear sheep. What he does is he cuts grass. And one of the most beautiful moments in the mower poems, um, which, are, which are just gorgeous. Um, Marvell, as I said before, is, is rightly thought of as the greatest of all the minor poets. Um, the mower says um, Damon is probably his name in another poem. Um, he's named Damon. I think it's another poem. Um, he says of the shepherds and the, and the sheep shearing and of himself, and though in wool more poor than they, yet am I richer far in hay." So he's poorer in something that's actually worth more, namely wool, Um, but he's richer in something that is worth less, and yet the very fact that it's less substantial gives it a kind of lightness and a kind of presentness and a kind of be here now, just experience this. He's writing on behalf of the grasshopper and not the ant. The grasshopper who lives in the moment and not the ant who stores up for the winter. Um, Marvell and Herrick are on the grasshopper's side of that, of that Aesopian fable. And um, you can feel something like that in a phrase like lords of wine and oil. Um, Because what else would you want to be lord of? Only a fool would want to be lord of anything more than wine and oil. Yeah.
1: God's
0: there. Um, well Bacchus Bacchus I don't who
1: the god of
0: oil. Yeah, I don't know that there is a god of oil. You would think there would be.
1: Is Bacchus not both?
0: Is Bacchus what?
1: Is Bac- is, Bac- is Bacchus not both? Isn't he-
0: is he the Lord of Oil of olives?
1: I, ju- I, I was assumed because you Did
0: you look you him know? up? Did you Gabriel?
1: No, I didn't look him up. He's <sighs> a god of wine and debauchery?
0: Yeah. What? Um I wonder. Can someone well, look when him up?
1: You see doesn't Hestia have oil in her purview, though? Because it's like to light oh, the fire
0: and, the and she's the goddess of the heart? Yeah, um, although I think it's.
1: green land,
0: Yeah. No, it's Do it's you Athena. know? Are you raising your hand patiently because you know? Okay, wait. <laughs> wait, a, let, wait, wait. Let us guess. Let us get. No, go ahead. It's Athena because she's the one who invented the olive tree. Yeah,
1: of course, of course, of course. At, that's actually at yeah, act in a competition with Poseidon.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, what she says, yeah. (laughs) See, I was about to say it, but then you said it. Oh, well. Thank you. That's great. Um, So, but here in this poem, it's the sons of summer who make us the lords of wine and oil. Yeah.
1: Um, Wine and oil, I remember hearing, um, I think there's like a phrase in Revelation or something like that, that it's like, harm not the oil or the wine or something. Would it have a connection to that?
0: If there's such a phrase, it would. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, So that's something to. Is there a note on that? No. Um, Notice, though, it's Lords of Wine and Oil, which is different from Gods of Wine and Oil. That is, that we have. Lords of means we have free, absolute, and free access to it as much as we want. Um, It's an all you can eat fest of wine and oil. Um, There's a Holiday Inn in Ithaca, New York that had a wine happy hour. Uh, every day. Did you really? Did you go to the happy hour? No, I was 16. Oh, that's too bad. Um, because what they offered you was um, all the Chablis you care to enjoy for one low price. So I like the idea of all the Chablis I care to enjoy. Because what if I care to enjoy a huge amount of Chablis? Well, it would be okay. Um, so come... <laughs> I'm sorry you were only 16. Um, Come, sons of summer, by whose toil we are the lords of wine and oil, by whose tough labors and rough hands we rip up first, then reap our lands, crowned with the ears of corn. Now come and to the pipe sing Harvest Home. So sing the Harvest Home. Um, Play the pipe as you bring the last of the harvest home. Come forth, my lord, and see the cart dressed up with all the country art. See here a malkin, there a sheet. The horses, excuse me, um, as spotless pure as it is sweet. The horses' mirrors and frisking fillies clad all in linen, white as lilies. The harvest swains and wenches bound for joy to see the hawk cart crowned. Um, it's worth wondering who the speaker is. But the speaker is kind of just a, a spirit of, of, well, an onlooker or a participant. Um, or various times an onlooker and a participant, someone who's taking pleasure in all of it and taking pleasure in the general pleasure that's around. Um, You could almost say that the speaker is the we. Um, We are the lords, or the speaker speaks for the we. Um, About the cart, hear how the rout of rural younglings raise the shout so all the kids are are just enjoying this festival day. Pressing before, some coming after; those with a shout, and these with laughter. Some bless the cart, some kiss the sheaves—that um, is, the sheaved, um, the, the sheaves of hay or of, or of grass. Um, some prank them up with oaken leaves. Some cross the fill horse. Some, with great devotion, stroke the home-born wheat, um, while others, while other rustics less attent to prayers than to merriment, run after with their breeches rent. So some of them with their with their pants split are just running after and um, having a good time. Well on, brave boys, to your Lord's hearth, glittering with fire, where for your mirth you shall see first the large and chief foundation of your feast, fat beef. So this is like inviting a friend to supper. Look at all the good things you'll have at this feast. And also like to Penshurst. look at this um, place where you all can dwell and where your Lord dwells. Um, you shall see... First, the large and chief foundation of your feast. So the first thing you'll see is, is all, the, all the beef roasting, the chief foundation of your feast, fat beef, with upper stories, mutton, veal, and bacon, which makes full the meal. With several dishes standing by, as here a custard, there a pie, and here all tempting frumenty, and, and for to make the merry cheer, if smirking wine be wanting here, there's that which drowns all care, stout beer. Um, So if there's not enough wine, there's tons of beer, which freely drink to your lord's health, then to the plow, the commonwealth, next to your flails, your fanes, your fats, then to the maids with wheaten hats, to the rough sickle and crooked scythe. Drink frolic, boys, till all be blithe. Feed and grow fat, and as ye eat, be mindful that the laboring meat, that is to say the oxen, as you may have their fill of meat. Is there a note on meat? No, there isn't. Um, it, sorry? It just means food. No, no, no it means, it's, it's, um, it's like kind. It means oxen. Um, it means meat. Oh, meat, yeah. No, is there a note on meat? They're not feeding their oxen
1: steak, right? They're just feeding
0: their No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, meat means food. It is meat that we understand that meat means, meets up with the meaning of food and not <laughs> not beef. That 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 you have to wait for Food Inc. to to read about. Um, did you guys hear the story on pink slime on NPR? Yeah. What is pink slime? Are you? Do you like hamburgers? No. Okay. I mean, I'm a I'm a um, vegetarian. So. Sorry. Whoa. No pink slime. No. <laughs>
1: It's not one, just one kind, and it's not just one part. So they like, pr- they grind it all up, and by the time it comes out, it's kind of this like pink paste, and then they form it into patties, and then they like, ship it out.
0: Yeah, and they, what they do is they, bec- they treat it with um, ammonia. Yeah. Um, and it's the meat industry calls it fine-textured lean beef, which is a PR um, renaming, rebranding of what is, in fact, um, generally in the business called pink slime. Um, and it it came into the news because the FDA has just said that public schools are entitled to um, to buy beef that contains no pink slime, which 30% most ground beef you buy, 30% of it is pink slime. Um, yeah. Is that just like all or just the well, this is going <laughs> yeah, this is, it's it's all fast food chains. It's also most, apparently, it's 70% of what you find in supermarkets underground beef has pink slime in it. Yeah. 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 But if you were to call it <laughs> finely textured lean beef, that, then it would sound more beautiful like Herrick's poems. Yeah. <laughs> and how's that? No, okay. Um, so, Experience. no. Yeah. yeah, so they're not being... It's the neat. The Neat means oxen. Um, so be mindful that the laboring neat, as you, may have their fill of meat. That is, that they have food too. Don't forget the animals who are doing all this work. And know besides, ye must revoke the patient ox unto the yoke. Um, what does revoke mean there? Take it off. Some, of Some nice. Oh, that's so well put. <laughs> Um, call back. It's it's wokare, to call, and re, meaning back, um, to call back. Um, so it sounds for a second like it's a jubilee for everyone. It's freedom for everyone forever. Um, this is the time of general freedom. But the word revoke is actually a kind of conceptual pun. Um, it turns into, make sure to feed them. Um, you have to be nice to them, too, because, and you should be. Be sure that you you have to understand that you must revoke, and then you'll think something like um, the the crushing slavery that the ox labor under. But no, if you must revoke the patient ox unto the yoke. You have to call it back. It means the opposite of what it looks like it means. Um, that's the pivot in this poem. So feed them, because they have to work again tomorrow. And all go back unto the plow and harrow, though they're hanged up now. And know besides, you must revoke the patient ox unto the, re- the yoke. And know also that all must go back unto the plow and harrow, though they're hanged up now. And you must know as well, your Lord's words true. So now the, lo- now the Lord is the Lord. That is, Mildmay is the Lord rather than all of us anymore. And you must know your Lord's words true. Feed him ye must whose food fills you. So there's a kind of circular um, structure there. You have to feed the Lord who owns the land on which grows the food that feeds you. So he owns the land, and therefore uh, he owns the food that you live on to survive, but in order to get that food, you have to feed your lord. Um, So feed the oxen and feed your lord. Um, You have to do both those things. Um, And you must know also that this pleasure is like rain. It's another beautiful line. This pleasure is like rain. Not sent ye for to drown your pain, but for to make it spring again. So... Um, all this pleasure isn't sent so that your pain will be over forever. It's like rain, not like a flood. And so it doesn't drown your pain, but makes it spring again. That is just, that's a complex pun, but one that we can get very quickly. That combination, that's typical of Herrick, is a combination of complexity and quickness in getting a pun. So what's the pun there? Yeah. Yeah.
1: sorry. Gabby. Um, that... Like, the pun is on the word spring, so that it springs forth as if the pain comes back, but also springs in the season, that like when it rains, everything becomes new again, and everything begins to
0: live again. Right. So the rain is there not to drown the world, but to bring it back to life, to make it spring, the noun, again. Um, so the rain is sent to make, to make the season spring, um, to make it be spring again. Um, but it's also a verb. Um, to make your pain spring up again, um, which is a pretty harsh thing, when you hear that—that that the rain is here in order that you should feel more pain. Yeah. But pain also means
1: taking pains,
0: which means work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. That so you're. Is that right? Sorry. So, but is that is that okay then? I mean, does that make does. The pain Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is that you're given all this not in order to say that the time of labor is over and now you have joy everlasting, but just to get you, um, to keep you docile enough and satisfied enough that you'll do all this work again, um, that you'll work your ass off again for another year, um, and that basically this is, this is um, the least your lord can give you to prevent you from revolution. Um, this is the least your lord can give you to make you feel that you're part of this. It's, it's a it's pretty harsh um, indictment. It's a pretty harsh indictment of just the kind of country house that Johnson is describing in Penzerst. Um, it's it's not absolutely the opposite. Um, it certainly isn't. It's a it's just a beautiful, beautiful evocation of a time, of a celebration, of an evening, of the pleasure of um, that party. Um, but it's not. And this is the most important thing you can know about mild May, or this is the most important thing you can know about um, about English country house living. Um, it isn't one of the things in that YouTube parody is um, yeah. that whenever the servants go downstairs, they complain that the um, that even though the upstairs scenes are being shot in whatever. What on location, wherever Downton Abbey, the real place that Downton Abbey is based on. They always have to do the basement scenes in the studio in London. Mm-hmm. So every time that, that Elizabeth McGovern sends someone back to to get something from the kitchen, as they go down the stairs, they roll their eyes because they have to go 60 miles to London to shoot the scene where they're getting it. Um, and that's sort of what this is. Um, that um, That it's really beautiful, but... What's being done here is the reproduct what, what we're celebrating here, or what we're celebrating here, is disguising the fact <coughs> that the celebration is itself part of a system which reproduces labor and reproduces um, a willingness to labor among those who have no choice. Um, you're looking skeptical. No, no, I
1: just want to know. I mean, is he being <coughs> political? Is he maybe
0: I think he is. Yeah.
1: Sarcastic remarks about the feudal.
0: I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Um, you know, we can't say for sure that what, what biographically what would militate against that would be that he was a, lo- a royalist. Um, on the other hand, um, his father was a goldsmith. He was a commoner. His father was a suicide. Um, no one knows why. Um, but um, not, there's, there's every likelihood that there are financial issues. Um, I mean, his father, his father um, jumped out of a window when he was one year old. Um, and um, his sense of, of um, I, well, I think what you get strongly in Herrick is a sense that everything that you should celebrate in the world, every celebration is an achievement. Um, it's an achievement because the world is um, a place in which things are hard and always getting harder. And um, so these really wonderful and joyous poems, um, part of what makes them joyous is that they're not at all um, blind to what real life is like. Um, they're, they're, they offer just a splendid, I mean they're Shakespearean, and le- they're like Shakespearean comedy that way, which is that they offer a splendid relief from real life. Um, but a poem like this, I think, does have, um, a strongly political, um, um, implication. It's not the main thing he's aiming at in the poem. Um, it's partly what you could say is, you should really enjoy this evening because it's not going to last. You know, this is a, enjoy this party because this, because, um, tomorrow you go work again. Um, and that should make this ephemeral and transitory moment all the more, um, all the more pleasurable. Um, make it all the more um, valuable. Yeah. Well, if
1: you look at it like that, um, I think what is it, line fifty-two. Mm-hmm kind of snarky. Yeah. To feed him you must, whose food feel, fills you. Yeah. Because you, the implication is like, you have to go back to work so you can feed him. Yeah. And like...
0: Like the animals. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So if you, if you look at it like that, I guess you can see it's kind of like a bite at,
0: at... the At the Lord. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Is the speaker the Lord watching over the people? Because it says, we are the... Come, like... When I see come sons of summer now, and light," mm-hmm. I'm seeing like him speaking to people who are working on his lands, and by whose toil we, or I am, the Lord of
0: wine. Yeah, so I don't think so. I think the we there is something like, um, at least at this season, human beings are in the position, of, the wonderful position, of being the lords of wine and oil. All of us, which is what the party is. Everyone here. Um, is or seems to be for a moment lords of wine and oil, It then matters that they don 't get wine they get beer instead um, if if you follow that through, um, but I think that 's okay as well. That is that um, this night is a night when everyone can be happy, and the we and the the point is we don 't know who he is that 's why I said he he might be a kind of um, general the the representative of the general spirit of celebration Um, do this, do that Um, but he's certainly addressing the workers who are the ones who are having the great celebration here but I don't think from the standpoint of the Lord um, I think that it's um, he's the voice it's a little bit hard to say where a lyric voice resides when there isn't a lyric speaker Um, but it's the voice of the poem um it's like what we were saying about songs in Wyatt, uh excuse me, not in Wyatt in Sydney, um, that that there's something about a song that makes it speakerless um but but um seems to come from a speaker or seems to seems to be spoken, but nevertheless be speakerless and just capture a general atmosphere here. Um if you thought of this as a song, um I think you wouldn't worry about um, who the speaker is, but it's just the song appropriate for for that celebration. Yeah.
1: The first time I read it, I thought the Lord was God. Uh huh. And that, you know, the, mostly in that he said the word. Yeah. Um, and then sort yes. of considered yeah. the, can you? What have to be capital L for it to be God? Yes,
0: or? it would. But you're right to feel you're right to feel the um, the ambiguity there. That is that I think that's also snarky. That is, you must know your lord's words, true. Um, And if you're hearing that, which in some sense you would presume they are because they're illiterate, Um, I mean, that would be part of the expectation or fiction of the poem. If you're hearing that, Mm -hmm. you would hear it as your capital L, I mean, you wouldn't know from capitals, but you would hear it as um, your capital L lord's words, plural, true then um, you would know your Lord's words true. That, was, that would be great. And you must know your Lord's words true. Something like be fruitful and multiply. Um, but then it turns out that it's small l and that his word is true. His word being a proverb. Word can mean, it doesn't quite mean that anymore, but it can mean, we still have it in a word before you go. Uh, may I have a word with you. And if someone says, may I have a word with you, um, they're not just going to say um, um, flagpole. Um, it means they're, they're going to have a sentence or two to say. But word would mean something like proverb. A word to the wise is sufficient. Um, doesn't really mean a single word. It means just a single um, uh, reminder would be enough for the wise. Um, so what's the Lord's proverb, the Lord's word, the one thing the Lord insists on? that you must feed him because his food feeds you. It can all appear in one line. Um, and if that's what the Lord's word reduces to, from a possible capital L Lord to this, um, that, seem, that also seems snarky. Um, so it, it's. I do think that it's a poem about um, whether its purpose is to... Um, subvert the dominant paradigm. Um, That's a different question. Um, It might be better to say that its purpose is to show how precious this, or or just to make feel, to evoke how precious this evening is by um, putting it in a context where this is the moment of um, poise and pleasure and stasis against a background of pain and difficulty, where the background of pain and difficulty makes this present moment all the more beautiful. But the snark is is, is pretty strong, because to say that this pleasure is like rain, not sent ye for to drown your pain, um, there would actually be nothing wrong with that. In other words, even if your lord wanted you to be working again really soon, um, it would be fine for you to have all the chivalry you care to enjoy and then to, um, you know, to to drink yourself into insensibility, which when you guys are 21, you can experiment with. Um, um, What's wrong with drowning your pain? When we talk about drowning our pain, we don't think of ourselves as never feeling pain again. It it feels like respite. Um, You know, I drowned my pain last night. Um, I came back this morning, but it was good to have that night off. Um, but not even that is quite given to them um, It's almost as though there's a carrot and stick here And that they're not quite allowed to be entirely free of pain The Lord doesn't want that Because if they were entirely free of pain He's not sure that they would be willing to um, to take it up again um, So he wants them to celebrate and to enjoy this with the idea that a year from now they could do it again. They could enjoy it again. Um, but not so that they could ever be quite relieved of this. And the poem isn't quite relieving them of it either. Um, there'd be nothing wrong for the pleasure being sent to drown their pain. You know, what if it were, feed him, must use, food feeds you. And that this pleasure is like rain, first sent ye for to drown your pain, but then to make it spring again. Um, that would be slightly more expected. Um but you don't even get that um, anyhow, I think it's it's just perfectly delicately poised. Um, another poem, let's look at Corina's going amaying, Maying um, page two fifty eight um, and here again um. Well, just as we talked about um, who Julia is, who Karina is, who Perilla is, just notice the poem on the previous page, Upon the Loss of His Mistresses. Um, I have lost, and lately, these many dainty mistresses, stately Julia, prime of all, Sappho next, a principal, smooth Anthea, for a skin white and heaven-like crystalline, sweet Electra and the choice Mira for the lute and voice next, Carina for her wit and the graceful use of it. With Perilla, all are gone, only Herrick's left alone, for to number sorrow by their departures hence and die. So, um, (laughs) you're grinning. Why? No, it's good. That's the right response. Unpack it, though. Uh, sounds kind of
1: overdramatic, you know, with all his mistresses that have left and he doesn't know what to do with himself.
0: Yeah, except to count them up after they're gone. He's
1: kind of beside himself. So that it seems a little bit ridiculous
0: to uh. you... me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yes, but no. Yeah, that but that wouldn't matter um, in in 1648. Um, it's what he's doing is a, is um, something like what we saw Daniel do in and Delia or Sidney do in Astrophil and Stella, which is um, whether they're real or not. The convention is to give real people um, classical names. And um, even if they're not real, the, f- the fiction is that they're real. And therefore, um, if, they, if, if they're real in the fiction of writing the poem, part of the fiction is that you would then give them a classical name and not the real fictional name that they would have. Um, yeah?
1: Is this another orgasm
0: content? Um What do you think? Argue it. Um, he's
1: thinking of these girls that he used to go out with, and uh-huh.
0: then he dies. Yep. OK. Um, so I'm left alone for to number sorrow by, the, um, only Herrick's left alone for to number sorrow by their departures hence, and die. Um, yes, but no. I think you say that a lot with Herrick. Um, what does the word number mean there? Count. Count. Um, what else does it mean in poetry? Yeah. Diversify. Good. Is there none of that? Um, It's make numb. Sorry. Make numb. Make (laughs) numb. That's an E. That's an E. Cummings pun. Um, How E. Cummings ends a poem. I can't believe I know this, but this is my misspent youth coming out. Um, How numb? Question. How numb can unworld get? Answer. Number. (laughs) <laughs> um, as I say, a misspent youth. Think of all the good reading I could have been doing. Um, to, I, list, I lisped in numbers for the numbers came. Anyone know what that is? You should.
1: I, no, we covered it.
0: Yes, we did. Pope. Um, numbers, or but most by numbers judge a poet's song, and smooth or rough with them is right or wrong. So numbers is an older term for meter. Um, what, when we talk about a number, um, that is, uh, and here's a little number I wrote in my hotel room last night, um, if the folk singer is, introduces um, the song that he's about to sing that way. Um, that's a survival of an older use of the word number, which is um, metrical, metrics. Um, it's the number of syllables in a line, and, um, to, and um, numbers stands for lines of poetry. Um, it's not because the lines are numbered in the margin. It's because um, you hear the beat of the line. And um, and that is, it's, it's also called quantity in um, Greek and Latin poetry because you're talking about how long and short syllables are. But that idea of quantity became um, an idea that just the alternation of beats is something you would call numbers. Um, and uh, when songs are called numbers, um, it's, that's, that's a survival of that. Um, it's the same idea. Um, measures are, um, have a time signature, and the time signature is given to you in numbers, how many beats per measure. Um, so when he says that he's numbering, only Herrick's left alone for to number sorrow by their departures hence and die. Um, if you take number to mean versify. Um, so Herrick's left alone to versify his sorrows by writing poems upon all those women, all those lost mistresses. Um, so I'll write a... Julia's gone, I'll write a poem about her. Um, when as in silk my Julia goes. Um, probably his most famous poem. corina um, has gone. Um, they're all gone, but... Um, I can still write poems about how wonderful they were um, and then die as in having done that um, and having gotten myself all um, interested, I can stop writing the poem. Um, And stopping writing the poem might mean something like... um, and then metaphorically my relation to them my, my intense relation writing the poem is over. Um, but it could have an even dirtier meaning, too. Um, so let's look at Karina's going a maying, which might actually answer that question. What does it mean to go a maying? Dance around the maypole? Yeah, to go out to celebrate May 1st. Um, to celebrate May Day, um, to go out early in the morning and celebrate in the fields and to, pick, um, to dance around the maypole, perhaps not everyone did, and the Puritans were really against it, so Herrick was for it, um, and to bring the white thorn back, to bring flowers back. So it's a celebration of spring, um, celebration of um, early spring, a celebration of joy early in the morning, summer's coming. And so here's a poem to Karina. Get up, get up for shame, says who to whom. I think we can say that Herrick um, mostly is the speaker of his poems. So who's saying that? Herrick, Herrick, good. To whom? To Karina, yeah. Get up, get up for shame. The blooming morn upon (coughs) her wings presents the god unshorn. Uh, What does that mean? Sorry? I was going to say it but then people to guess, and then it Oh. Um, oh because it says on it yeah. <laughs> Darn notes, you just never know what they're going to note. Yeah, that is it's such a clear day that um the sun's rays the, sun, the 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 um god is um uh, Apollo, the god of the sun just appears beautifully. Um, but, but his rays are, are, um, everywhere because it's early dawn. Um, see how Aurora, no, yeah, there is. See how Aurora throws her fair, fresh, quilted colors through the air. So Aurora is the goddess of dawn. Get up, sweet slug, slugabed, and see the dew-bespangling herb and tree. Each flower has wept and bowed toward the east, above an hour since. Yet you, not dressed. Um, so why have the flowers wept? Do, And bowed toward the east above an hour hence. So um, dawn was already an hour ago. Yet you, not dressed. Nay, not so much as out of bed. When all the birds have matins said. What's matins? Morning Yeah, morning song, morning prayers. When all the birds have matin said and sung their thankful hymns, tis sin, nay, profanation, to keep in when as a thousand virgins on this day spring sooner than the lark to fetch in May. Rise and put on your foliage, that is, be yourself like a tree. Rise and put on your foliage and be seen to come forth like the springtime, fresh and green and sweet as flora, who you will no doubt Yes, is the Roman vegetation goddess. Um, the goddess of flowers, you could say. And sweet as flora, take no care for jewels for your gown or hair. Fear not, the leaves will strew gems in abundance upon you. So you don't need to decorate yourself. Um, all the All the springtime beauty will do it, besides, the childhood of the day has kept against you come some orient pearls unwept. So the childhood of the day means what? Yeah, the morning. Um, a beautiful metaphor, the childhood of the day. Um, and orient pearls are pearls of what? Of dew. Um, yeah, so there's a, so in the east, orient means um, directed towards the east, um, where the sun Rises. Um, in the east, there's still some, some pearls of dew there, so come and receive them while the light hangs on the dewlocks of the night. What's a dewlock? I just
1: think where Shrek lives, and then I think of the
0: whole song. <laughs> What's the song? The
1: um, dewlock is a perfect
0: place. Oh, really? I wonder. I wonder if they got that from this poem. He doesn't live in dew lock in the book, just so you know. Um, what would a dew lock be? A little icy coating.
1: <laughs>
0: Um Yeah, thanks. Um, or it would just be that there's dew hanging from the from the um, from the branches, um, like a lock of hair, and um, and there's and the dew comes from the nighttime. And now the light is hanging on the dew that's hanging from hanging on the leaves, um, and Titan on the eastern hill retires himself, or else stand still till you come forth. Wash, dress, be brief in praying. Few beads are best when once we go amaying. What do beads mean there? Does it say yeah? Right, yeah. Um, so when you tell the rosary, what a beadsman does, if you've ever heard the term beadsman, um, that's, that's um, someone who's paid to pray, and he counts the beads as he prays them one by one. So beads are a way of counting prayers. Um, and um, so so beads, the note says just are prayers, but they're not. They're, they're how you keep track of how many prayers you've said. Uh, when you pray the rosary, um, each time you move a bead, what what do you do before you go to the next bead on a rosary? It depends where
1: on the
0: rosary you are. OK, but what's but, but
1: Usually
0: it's a Hail Mary. Yeah, so you say Hail Mary, then you move up one bead. Um, and you know, if for your sins you're supposed to say 10 Hail Marys, the rosary will help you keep track. Because what you're not supposed to be doing is saying, OK, I'm almost done with number three. Um, you're supposed to be seriously hailing Mary. Um, so, um, few beats are best when once we go a main. Come, my Karina, come. And coming mark how each field turns a street. Each street a park made green and trimmed with trees. Um, so how do fields turn into streets? What does that mean? Yeah. There are people running through them? Okay, yes. There are people running through them. Um, and... Um, what 's happening to each street it 's full, full of flowers and greenery, so the streets become um, um, the, excuse me the fields become streets um, because people are running through them. The streets become parks because they 're full of greenery. The difference between um, the fields and the streets is gone because everything is celebrating. Um, See how devotion gives each house a bough or branch. So every house has decoration on it. Um, Each porch, each door, ear this, an ark, a tabernacle is, made up of white thorn, neatly interwove. So the note will tell you that these are basically um, ark and tabernacle as on Sukkot. Um, But it's springtime. But it's still, um, the houses have now become um, made look like they're they're made of natural things, like their booths or tabernacles, um, as if here were those cooler shades of love. Um, so that yeah.
1: Is tabernacle also supposed to have the religious meaning of tabernacle?
0: The religious meaning, but not the Ark of the Covenant.
1: Because oh, I mean, at least in Roman Catholic churches, each church has a tabernacle. Bible? Would you read the gospel from? Um, so it's like it's a revered place in, the, in yeah. the church, and they always have a light shining by it.
0: So probably not. Um, I think that I think the reference here um, is is uh, tabernacles in the wilderness, and that there is a connection between a tabernacle in the wilderness and um, the tabernacle of the gospel because cool. what makes something holy is what's in it. Um, but it's first of all a reference simply to. Um, the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is or the Feast of the booths, um, so all the houses um, were um, are are now made look like natural or naturally erected bowers um, as if here were those cooler shades of love um, that is as if the shades of love could be found even in the cities could be found um, anywhere the shades that during the summer, we go out to sit under. Um, can such delights be in the street and open fields, and we not seat? Come, we'll abroad, and let's obey the proclamation made for May, and sin no more, as we have done by staying. But my, Karina, come, let's go a-maying. There's not a budding boy or girl this day, but has got up and gone to bring in May. So what's the crucial word in that couplet? There's not a budding. What? It's budding. Why?
1: Um, because it's both about uh, springtime in general and it's about hours and puberty.
0: Yeah. But um, it's basically about, um, yeah, it is about, it is about puberty. That is, budding boys and girls or boys and girls who are, who are growing early adolescent. Um, but everything is in bud, um, even the human beings. It's the time of budding. Um, and the humans are budding as well. Not because it's May, but because that's the time of their lives they're in. But the street becomes, the street becomes par- a park, the field becomes a street. Um, everything is in a single celebration. Um, a deal of youth ere this is come back and with white thorn laden home. Some have dispatched their cakes and cream before, we have left to, before that we have left to dream. So they've already had their celebratory breakfast while we were still dreaming. Some have dispatched their cakes and cream before that we have left to dream, before we, we have um, left off dreaming is what that means. And some have wept and wooed and plighted, troth and chose their priest. ere we can cast off sloth. So some of them um, went out and they, um, uh, they were nervous and they got into a fight and then they realized they loved each other and they decided they'd get married and they had a conversation about what priest would marry them while we were in bed sleeping. Um, we were so slothful. Many, so, and it's also, um, the idea is just that um, all of this stuff is happening. I mean, it's basically get up, you sleepyhead. Um, it's this day of celebration. Look at all the stuff that's already happened before you even got out of bed. But the idea then is um, that gives them a chance to list all the stuff that's happened. So it's a listing poem. Um, Many a green gown has been given. So um, lots of um, women wearing gowns or young girls wearing gowns have been um, tackled in various games of tag or some other sport. Many a green gown has been given. Many a kiss, both odd and even. Many a glance to has been sent from out the eye. Loves firmament. Um, So lots of uh, courtship going on here. Many a jest told of the keys betraying this night and locks picked, yet we're not amaying. So what's what are these uh, jokes told of the keys betraying this night and locks picked? Yeah. Talking about virginity here? Uh no. Um sex, yes, virginity no. Um people are hooking up, right? Sorry. I mean,
1: people are hooking up with
0: each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um so
1: hey Karina, get up. Are you in
0: Karina's room? Well, that would be the that's the real question <laughs> yeah, so but many had well, just s- <laughs> yeah so many so so lots of boys are are talking about um how they were given the keys the night before and um, or picked the lock and um, met the people they wanted to meet, or how when they were turning the lock, um, it creaked, and they thought, oh no, they were really scared because they were going to get caught. But it worked out, which is why they're telling it now as jests. Or they're just making it up. Um, It's um, like Mountain Day at Williams. Um, It's just a day of celebration, and you don't have to go to school, and everyone's having a good time. Um, But we are not a man. Come let us go while we are in our prime. Um, What does it mean to be in our prime? Yeah, young and healthy. Um, Literally, what does prime mean? We saw it in Spencer, too. What does primavera mean in Italian? Spring. Spring. Um, Yeah, prime means early, the early time, but it in particular will mean spring. When people are in their prime, it means it's the springtime of their life. Um, Not early winter when when they still need um, warmth and shelter and caring for, but when they hit the springtime of their life. So come, let us go while we are in our prime. It's springtime outside, and we are in the springtimes of our life. Come, let us go while we are in our prime. And take the harmless folly of the time. We shall grow old, apace, and die before we know our liberty. So you're taking so long that we're going to grow old and die before we know our liberty. Our life is short, and our days run as fast away as does the sun. And as a vapor, a drop of rain, once lost, can ne'er be found again. That's what our days are like. Um let's stop there for a second, and here we can um ask Leah's question about the word die, right? Um we shall grow old apace and die before we know our liberty means what if you take it um as a pun? I mean what it literally means is you're just lying in bed, May is May is drifting away, um time's a passing. We're going to be old by the time we ever get out there, and that's what life is like, anyhow. So, we should certainly be enjoying stuff now. But, what's the other more salacious? Yeah. If you stay in bed, we're never going to get out because
1: we're just going to have sex
0: again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, all right, we're going to have sex again um, before we go out and enjoy the beautiful day. Um, Our life is short and our days run as fast away as does the sun and as a vapor or drop of rain once lost can ne'er be found again. So when or you or I are made a fable, song or fleeting shade, all love, all liking, all tonight lies drowned with us in endless night. Um, So what happens to vapors and drops of rain is going to happen to us when people talk about us or sing songs about us or we become shades, shadows, ghosts, um, all our pleasure, all love, all liking, all delight lies drowned with us in endless night. Then while time serves and we are but decaying. What an amazing, surprising word. So right now we're just decaying because that's what it means to have been born, to be decaying. So... Then, while time serves, and we are but decaying, come, my Carina, come, let's go a-maying. So that in two lines is something like what Herrick does. Um, never forget that you're decaying, but turn that into just a really giddy song. Um, so what kind of poem is this? Carpiflorum. Florum, that's seize the flower, or Corpe Diem, seize the day, it's May Day. Um, what's surprising about it? What's the amazing twist that he does on it? You already suggested it, but what's the amazing twist? What do Carpe Diem poems usually say? Sleep
1: with
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much time. You're young. Um, we should go to bed like immediately and often um, while we still can. What's he saying instead?
1: We've already slept together. It's like else. Post-Carpe Diem.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, what's really crucial is exactly what you said, Leah, that um, who's this Karina and why, she, why, why are they in the same room? Um, well, because they've spent the night together um, and they've slept late and um, they seem, and, you know, he's saying get dressed, which suggests that she's not. Um, you're still in bed, get dressed. We want to go out and enjoy this beautiful day. Um, but there's really something wonderful about um, that reversal, that is, that it's, this poem is not about sex. The sex is understood. This poem is about what a gorgeous day it is and um, how we should enjoy the day. Um, And that's just really lovely. So generally, so this is sort of the opposite of the dead poet society. This is the decaying poet society. And the decaying, sorry, the decaying poet society is um, essentially, no, I'm not writing poetry so that we can, um, so that I can convince you to have sex with me. Um, It's the great thing about the fact that we've already had sex um, is that we now trust each other enough and we're having enough of a good time together and we're enjoying each other enough um, that we can talk about poetry and talk about the beauty of the day and talk about the relation of poetry to the beauty of the day. Um, and that's just great. Um, so there's something so ebullient about this poem. Um, in some ways, it's like Spencer's Epithalamion. That is, it's not a poem which basically says, um, I'm a sad person, but I write about my sadness very beautifully, and what would make me less sad is if you slept with me, and you should because it's so beautiful how I write all this stuff. That's not the kind of poem this is. Um, It's basically a poem that says, look, we have everything we want, You've made me happy. That's great. Look how happy I am. Let's, all, let's be happy now. So it's not, hap, it's not let's be happy, the way to do that is to have sex, is um, we've had sex, and that's great because now, um, now we can trust each other to be happy together. Um, those poems of celebration, I think Herrick is, is just great at them. So if you look at um, When As in Silks, which, as I say, is his most famous one. Um, This is page 276. Um, And again, I think it's just he sees an image or he thinks about a couple of beautiful things and um, upon Julia's clothes oh. on page 276 and um, he just likes it when as in silks my Julia goes then then methinks how sweetly flows that liquefaction of her clothes um, that would have been a perfect rhyme in his time uh, goes flows clothes is um, how it would sound so when it's in silks, my Julia goes, then then methinks how sweetly flows that liquefaction of her clothes. Next, when I cast mine eyes and see that brave vibration each way free, oh, how that glittering taketh me. Um, so he just loves looking at her moving about in her silk clothes. Um, it's just beautiful. It's not... Oh, I see those clothes and they're really beautiful, take them off. It's, yeah, um, I love Julia and I love to see what she looks like. And when she goes in um, silks, then I just love to see the liquefaction of her clothes. Very famous use of that word. I don't think any other poet has used the word um, as well. I think if, if anyone ever asks you what is the most famous poetic line, um, that uses the word liquefaction, you can say without fear of contradiction that it's that liquefaction of her clothes. Um, it's just, just beautiful. Next one, I cast mine eyes and see that brave vibration, each way free. Oh, how that glittering taketh me. Um, he's, what, what he is, or what he has, is, I think, earned good humor. Um, and, um, and it's a wonderful thing. Look at the next poem to his book. Um, that's a standard um, thing to do um, is to write a poem to your book Um, it's um, Chaucer at the end of Troilus and Crusade addresses um, his book Go Little Book, Go Little Mind Tragedy Um, and um, it's basically you're sending your book out into the world um, as though it's a child Um, so to his book Make haste away and let one be a friendly patron unto thee. So I hope that someone will um, make sure that you get protected in the world. Make haste away and let one be a friendly patron unto thee, lest rapt from hence I see thee lie torn for the use of pastry. So what would that mean? I don't think they carry a donut in it. Uh, Not quite, but almost. Um, Something to bake in. We would now use parchment. If you buy kitchen parchment, um, back then what you would use was just old paper, um, old books, um, stuff of no value, except as paper, which is incredibly valuable. Um, And so that's why you would would repurpose it. Um, Or see thy injured leaves serve well to make loose gowns for mackerel. So yeah, you would be used for um, carrying fish and chips in. Um, Or see the grocers in a trice make hoods of thee to serve out spice. That is, um, just to do this as a kind of ladle. Um, So there are all sorts of uses to which you can put paper. Um, And reading isn't maybe the first use that most people put paper to. Do you remember the even dirtier version of that among these? which one is it? Uh,
1: it's the, he basically says, like, please don't
0: use it as toilet paper. Yeah, um, this is uh, on page 255. It's a curse. <laughs> Who with thy leaves shall wipe at need the place where swelling piles do breed. May every ill that bites or smarts perplex him in his hinder parts. So whoever uses – you know about the – everyone knows about the Sears Roebuck catalog, right? Sure. (laughs) Sure does, everyone? So if you ever go back in time to the late 19th century or very early 20th century and enter an outhouse, what you will find is reading matter, which can then be repurposed after you've read the page or two that you've been interested in. And you will see that other people have done that with with earlier pages in the Sears Roebuck catalog. So um, I, I, apparently, this is true. Um, that is, like some people thought it was an urban myth. But then, no, it turns out it's actually true. So toilet paper was a really wonderful early 20th century invention. Um, and before that, people had to figure out other um, corn, cobs. corn cobs, yeah. Um, I'm not sure that we want to go there right now, but yes. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's 50,000 years of, of um, Homo sapiens sapiens history. That is uh, the history of modern humans. And it's really, you guys are really lucky that you've been born, I mean, for lots of reasons. Anesthesia, dentistry, um, all sorts of things. Um, but that's one reason. Um, so back in um, the 17th century, um, paper was really, really valuable, but not for reading. That wasn't um, what people. When people saw paper, they didn't think, "Oh, I can read that." Um, they had other ideas for what was so good about it. So he's cursing anyone who has that idea about his book. Who would I leave? So, if you ask yourself why so few books survive. From the 16th and 17th <laughs> century, um, that's one reason. No, it really is. Is the paper has been seriously reused? Why so few books survive from antiquity? Um, all this stuff has other uses. Um, paper is also used to make. Um, um, it's 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 made of rags and is reused to make more clothing. Um, so it gets recycled a lot, but this is a kind of recycling. Who with thy leaves shall wipe at need the place where swelling piles do breed. Um, hemorrhoids, in other words. May every ill that bites or smarts perplex him in his hinder parts. Um, Dryden, some of you, one of you will remember, um, in his poem McFleckno, talks about, um, this horrible poet and the parade of, um, of other horrible authors who come to celebrate him when he is made poet laureate. Um, and, um, from, and Dryden writes, from every side neglected authors come martyrs of pies or relics of the bum. Um, so all these authors who are unread, who are neglected, um, who have been martyred because they've been used as parchment for making pies, or who are relics of the bum come to celebrate Mac Flecknoe's um, being made poet laureate. Um, all right, um, Herbert next week. Uh, we are, we've already done a little bit Herbert. Herbert is on the metaphysical side of things. He's not a um, revolutionary. Um, he's younger. Um, he died way before Herrick did. He was born two years later. And yes, papers if you have them. Um, and I swear that I will use them for reading. 민이나! <웃음> <웃음>